Judith, and I am the better half of Mark van Pletsen. <laughs> Mark and I lead, have the privilege of leading Life Changes Church, and um, here in Tableview, and it's been really a huge privilege to be able to lead. It's been six years. I've loved Cape Town, and I must say, having lived in Durban, and, well, grown up in Joburg, lived in Durban, and now Cape Town, I'm sorry, but Cape Town is the absolute best city to live in. Really beautiful. So, oh, I forgot to mention, yes, I have three little boys, Judah, Ben, and Daniel, 10, 8, and 6. And yeah, they're very, oh, they are the love of my life. I just love them to bits. They are crazy, wild, adventurers, boy boys, but I love it, I really do. Um, so ladies, I'm really thankful that you've taken time to put some time aside tonight. I know life is busy, I know life is hectic. So I really am grateful that you're here tonight. And um, I'm really excited for tonight. I'm expectant. Uh, I want you to get your notebooks out if you've got notebooks or your phones, because I really think God is going to speak to us tonight. And um, I've got a, I've got a, I've really been praying. I've really been trusting God for. I must just check the time. Yeah. Okay. What about that? I've really been trusting God for a word for us. Really been praying and asking Him, and I have felt it is to trust Him. Uh, trusting God. It's just, I wish it was more of a rah, rah word, but I really did feel that for us, trusting God, simply just trusting God. And it's a phrase that we throw around so easily, isn't it? Hey, just trust God. And so easy to do when life is, you know, beautiful and going well, and not so easy to do when life throws us a curveball, right? Um, trust can simply look like, you know, trusting our hairdryer to work for the next interview that we're going to, or trusting that our little one that we've been tirelessly teaching manners to um, shows his manners when he goes on his first play date, um, or it can look like make, trusting that we've got enough money in our bank account for that, that deposit for our flat or whatever. But um, we put our trust in many different things in our lives, a faithful friend, a spouse, a new diet, uh, parenting, new parenting techniques, uh, promise-made medicine. These are all good and beautiful things, but before all these things, and there is one who holds them all and is the foundation of them all, and his name is Jesus. And Judah, just want to tell you another story, my oldest, he is 10. Um, he keeps, you know, he's got this thing where he just nags and he nags, and he keeps reminding me to do things for school but it, to the point of absolute exhaustion. It's like whether it's buying a new sharpener or packing his game for his next match or, I don't know, signing this letter or buying this present for this teacher whose birthday it is, it, it is exhausting. And he just reminds me over and over and over and I find these conspicuous notes <laughs> placed everywhere, like on my fridge and I'm about to go to bed and there's this note next to my bed, please buy a present for my teacher or whatever. And it is just so frustrating. And I have to get, you know, I have to look at him. I just say, my boy, at some stage, you've just got to trust me to do this, please. Okay, stop nagging me, stop putting notes everywhere. It's very thoughtful, thank you, but I am your mom and I will get it done. Trust me, <clears throat> I'll get it done. And the scary thing is that I actually, I see a lot of myself in Judah. <laughs> With, you know, just even with my Father in heaven, I know that He cares for me, I know that He loves me, and with all my requests and all my, my whatever, whatever I want to ask Him for, I'm, I'm nagging Him, and, but there's a bit of, there's a bit of disbelief and, and not trusting Him, you know? And um, the difference is, as a mom, 
I'm human and I make mistakes and I have let him down. Um, and, but God our Father is perfect. Yeah. He is perfect. And he is faithful to his promises. And he never changes. He is the same. In Hebrews 13 verse 8, it says, He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He cannot change. And, <clears throat> sorry, okay, just checking my notes. Um, circumstances change, people change, and we know that. Life is inconsistent, hey, at times. And we are going to all get let down, and we all are let down at times. But God is our only constant. He is the one who never changes. Um, our souls need to trust in the reality of who God is and who we are in Him. We can trust in Him because He never changes. So <clears throat> I'm going to share some of my journey of trusting God. And as some of you, as some of you might know, I've shared some of it with, um, before up front, but I've been battling with um, chronic back pain for the last three years or so. And I've had good months, and I've had really bad months, and I've had good weeks, and I've had really bad weeks. And on the bad months or weeks, it's like, it looks like I can't do as much, I have to lie down, I'm not able to do everything, life is not really normal. And, um, <clears throat> but I'd love to share my recent experience with you, just as we start off tonight. And that, that was from last October, and um, my husband and I were planning a ministry trip to Doha, and throughout the last half of last year, I was actually doing quite well. I was feeling quite strong. I was feeling quite healthy. My back was doing well. And I thought, okay, I'm going to be able to go on this trip. And I've actually missed quite a few trips with my husband uh, locally and even abroad. I've had to say no just because I haven't been well enough to travel. And, um, but I thought, you know, I had faith for this trip. I'm like, Lord, I'm actually expectant. I actually expecting for you to heal me on this trip, Lord. You know, I've got faith. I'm expectant. Um, I know you're going to do something. And, I, but I really prayed. I, I prayed. I asked God, Lord, do you want me to go? And I felt this resounding, yes, go. So I was like, okay, we're going. And um, <clears throat> the plane trip was 10 hours long. And for anyone with a sore back, you know that that is quite uncomfortable. So for me, if I sit too long, if I stand too long, or if I walk too far, um, if my back is irritated, it just everything spasms. Everything gets tight. My muscles are tight. I get pain all the way up my back, sometimes into my neck and shoulders, my head, headaches, sometimes down my legs. Anyway, so did the plane trip. I trusted God. I said, God, you're going to have to give me three empty seats so that I can lie down or something because I don't know if I can cope with the 10 hours. But, um, and he did. I had three empty seats and it was quite cool. So I got to lie down. It was rather uncomfortable, but I managed. Anyway, we landed. It was three o'clock in the, it was, sorry, one, about one o'clock in the morning, 37 degrees, one o'clock in the morning. That's a real thing. The desert. Beautiful. <laughs> and yeah, managed the trip. I was quite sore when we landed, but I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm tired. It's been a long flight. I'm going to sleep it off. I'm going to be fine. And we were supposed to be there for about six days. And the conference, we were going for a conference. The conference was about three days. But as the days rolled by, my back was just getting more and more and more tense and stiff and sore. And I could just feel it was just going downhill. And um, <clears throat> yeah, so... I had to actually miss quite a few sessions, which I was really upset about. I couldn't sit in those chairs. It was just too uncomfortable. And it was at a hotel, this conference, and I asked someone uh, if I could just use their room just to lie down. <laughs> and I remember having a, a moment 
in this room while everyone's at the conference and just, I felt completely brokenhearted. I, 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 don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but I felt like my heart was completely broken. You must understand this, that this journey for me has been a three-year journey and there's been some, you know, forward movement and then there's been a few backward movement, a bit of backward steps, you know, and there's been a bit of disappointment and then a little bit of, okay, we got it, okay, and then a bit of disappointment and I thought, this for me felt like, I can't, Lord, I can't, I can't do this. And, um, and I remember just weeping, I remember just, it was a real honest kind of angry moment with my Father in heaven and I just wept and I just wept and I felt like my heart was going to break, I felt completely broken. And, um, you know, I was saying to God in that moment, but I've, but I've prayed and I've, and I've, you know, pushed in and praised you in the pain and I've declared your promises and I've, I've been expectant for this, you know, for this healing, Lord, and I believe in your healing and you've healed my body before, you have, and I've seen it before and I know and I'm trusting you, God, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm praying, I'm fasting, I'm, I'm doing everything that I, I need to do, but yet, you know, I've had people pray for me at the conference. There were people there that are honestly heroes to me in the faith. Guys that have planted churches all over the world, planted churches in rural areas, given up their lives for the gospel, laid their lives down for the gospel, literally. And these incredible men and women, I had the privilege of having them pray for me. And I was so humble. And I had beautiful moments with God where I felt his presence and I was weeping, but yet... Uh, wasn't healed, and I'm still in pain. And um, yeah, so I just, I was asking God why, you know, why would you send me here? And I felt you say yes, you know? And, and I felt God say to me, you can't, you can't earn my healing, my girl. You can't, you know, putting your, your, your faith, you, you're putting your trust in all these things like praying and fasting and worshiping, which are all beautiful things and helpful and build your faith. But put your trust in me. I'm your father. I love you. Um, I'm, I am going to deliver you. I, I'm still standing here and I'm trusting him for deliverance because this story isn't over and this journey is still carrying on, but I'm trusting him for deliverance. And I felt him say, I will heal you in my time and I will heal you in my way. Your ways are not my ways and your thoughts are not my thoughts, but I love you, my girl, I love you. And um, so it was quite a raw sort of moment, you know. Um, anyone who had to walk in me on that moment would have been a bit of a disaster because it's just tears everywhere. But um, yeah, and so anyway, I'm trying to keep the story short. So we had a... I went onto the plane to go home. I was very sore, had all my painkillers because I just thought I've just got to grin and beg, you know, just get through this plane trip. I thought, okay, God, you're going to give me three seats again, right? No, no. I had my own single seat, and you must understand, sitting, standing, walking doesn't help. The only thing that helps is to lie flat, literally lie flat on my back. So I was just, it was like hell. <laughs> it really felt like hell to me those 10 hours, we landed back home, and unfortunately, things just went downhill from there. Uh, for I've never experienced pain like that in my life. The pain went into my hips, went down my legs. My legs almost felt numb from the pain, and um, even lying flat, which normally would help me, wasn't helping. I was, I was just in constant pain, and a fear was beginning to grip my heart, and doubt, and despair, and it was 
I won't lie to you, there were some, some dark days, you know, um, just being honest and being vulnerable with you here. Um, but for three weeks, I had to lie flat on my back for three weeks. And it, it sounds like nothing, but when you, I mean, for three weeks, I, I, could, I would walk for five minutes down the stairs like this. Hey, Sharon, remember my next door neighbor? I'd be like, Sharon, I need your help. And, you know, she would help me up the stairs or whatever. And um, I'd walk for five minutes and I'd be so sore, I'd have to go lie down again. And, yeah, I didn't leave the house for four weeks. Talk about cabin fever. Oh, my goodness, it was hectic. But, um, you know, life, there's no pause button. There's no pause button on life. So I've got three kids. We're in ministry. There's demands. My husband's busy. He's working hard. And there needs to be some sort of order in our home and with the kids. And Mark was trying to help me, and he was almost driving himself to the point of exhaustion, <laughs> driving the kids and going, you know, doing matches and lunches and cooking. And eventually I said, no, 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 uh-uh. You, you, you're getting a bit tired, yeah? The community was amazing. All my friends just helped. It was very humbling. I mean, meals and, I mean, that's real community, hey? I mean, really incredible. Meals were made. People bought groceries, came into my house, which is a bit in shambles, unpacked all my groceries. So it was humbling. It was humbling, but beautiful at the same time. Uh, anyway, got Kimmy to help. Kimmy, where are you? You're not chatting up. Oh, there you are. Hello. <laughs> Kimmy helped me with the kids. She was driving all the kids around and doing all the errands. And um, just so grateful for community. I don't know what I'd do without community. I remember shouting commands from my bed. <laughs> Judah, wash the dishes. Have you cleaned your teeth? Ben, flush the toilet. You know, and get ready for school and blah, 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 all of that. But geez, it was real. <laughs> um, but, you know, in all of that, I heard God say yes. And people might say to me, but, and people have asked me, do you regret going? I mean, now you're suffering like this. And, and I said, well, in the moment I was regretting, but right now I'm a bit better. I was like, no, because I actually wrote in my journal that I felt like it was a victory won yeah. by just going and being obedient and saying yes. And I'm not saying God wants us to just suffer in pain, and I'm not going to go into all of that. But um, I felt like there was a victory won. Just being there, just saying yes and going in the midst of pain. And actually, my other victory that was won was the fact that I was standing and believing that God is good through it all. In the midst of the pain, the unrelenting pain, in the midst of not understanding and some of the despair and the discouragement, I still believed that my Father in heaven was good and that His plans for me were good, are good pleasing and perfect, and that I still believe that he is going to completely, completely rid me of pain and heal me completely. And he has. He's got me on this incredible journey of healing. He really, really has. It's a journey, and it's beautiful, and I don't regret any of it. I have learned so much. I really, really have. Um, just talking about standing firm, Ephesians 6 verse 13, when the day of evil comes, stand, and once you have done everything to stand, stand firm. And sometimes fighting our battles is actually just standing, right? It's just standing firm. Um, yeah, so uh, some of the things I learned uh, and I'm so grateful for is that I've, I've learned to trust him in the process. I've learned to trust that I'm hearing his voice leading. Uh, his, his strength and his grace and weakness is so real, <laughs> His presence is so real. It's so tangible in those times. 
And I think there's a sweet presence of Jesus for those that are suffering. It's a real, real thing, and I've experienced it. Um, he is still a good father, and I know that more than ever that I'm so loved. Um, our soul needs to trust in the reality of who God is and who we are in him. The most wonderful thing you'll do with your life, ladies, is to trust it to the nature of God, to, to trust his character and his integrity, to become utterly dependent on him. This means that we need to get to know him. We need to pick up this beautiful living word. This is like written as a love letter to us girls. It's a beautiful story of a savior who gave his life up for you, for every one of you. And that means we've got to press in and get to know him, not just head knowledge, but actually experience him. Not just head knowledge, that's not gonna really help me, but experience this amazing love of God. So God is consistent and he is unchanging in nature, but he is also, he can be unpredictable in his ways. Um, you always know where you are with God. You always know what he's going to be like, but you seldom know what he's going to do next, right? And uh, I love Isaiah 55 verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. It's funny because we can see how this plays out in parenting. Back to Judah. I'm using a lot of Judah examples. Um, Judah keeps asking, Mom, when are you going to buy me a phone? Like, he's 10 years old now. He's like, when am I going to get a phone? All my friends, all my friends have phones, which is <laughs> such an over-exaggeration. Like, all my friends have Xbox, and all my friends get 50 Rand tuck every day. Okay? So, when am I getting a phone? <laughs> and, uh, and our answer is always the same. My boy, when you're ready to handle a phone, I don't feel you emotionally ready to handle a phone. I know you don't understand that, but um, that's Okay. I'm your mom, and I know what's best for you. And it's the same with our Father in heaven. He knows what's best for us. And we don't always see the bigger picture. We don't always understand, but he knows. He knows what's, what's best for us. We can choose. We can choose to trust God, or we can choose to not trust God. But there's always something or someone or even ourselves that we're trusting in. And who is that for you, ladies? I want to ask you that. I believe in life we are faced with different scenarios at different times which expose um, who we're really trusting. <laughs> and I'd love to share another scenario. <laughs> this is about my boys again. Sorry, it's all I've got to work with. <laughs> um, but we go camping with the Funda Vestasens and the boys um, sometimes, once a year. And we go to Cedarburg and there is this place called Malchat, is that right? And it's this place that you go to that have these beautiful rock pools, and it's all very peaceful and quiet and amazing. And then they've got these kind of cliffs and these rocks that you jump off, you know, and you do these dives and jumps, and some of them are three meters, six meters. I think there's a 12-meter one. So we're with another family with other boys. So there's lots of boys and lots of men, lots of testosterone going on. And um, we, anyway, so we at this Malchat place, and... Judah's now wanting to jump. And I'm looking at Mark. <laughs> the boys are all older than Judah. Judah's going to jump. Okay. So now my heart's like racing and I'm nervous and I'm like, I I'm not going to look. But at some stage, you know, I just had to trust that Mark knew. I actually had to trust Mark, that he's a dad and he knows and he wouldn't put his son in danger. And I had to trust God, actually. And I didn't look. <laughs> I think I looked the second time. And Judah goes up there and there's, 
And he's, yeah, he's getting the crowds going. He's clapping like this. There's another guy who's about 20 years old. He's been standing there for hours. He hasn't jumped. <laughs> Judas like, like this. This little boy. He's tiny. And he jumps. Dab, halfway, <laughs> jump. <laughs> and he does it. Perfect jump. Now my other boys are wanting to do it. They've done the six-meter jump, not the 12 one. But I'm like, oh, gosh, okay. My nerves. Anyway, so trusting God is allowing him to lead us. Oh, sorry. Wait. Where does our trust lie? I want to choose him. I want to trust in a God who never changes. Trusting God is also allowing him to lead us in every area of our lives. And that's what I want to speak on tonight. Um, to see more wholeness and transformation, not only in our own lives, but in our families, in our communities, in our nation. We need to trust God to lead us, to lead us further, to, to lead us into all that he wants us to be and, and all that he wants us to do, Right? So I'm going to open up Psalm 23, and I want you to, these are very special little gifts to you ladies. You can all open them up. The big reveal. <laughs> Beautifully done by Kelly. Thank you, Kelly. I don't know where you are, but. So I want us, this is just a little reminder of the word that shared tonight. He leads me. Psalm 23, and on the back of that, you've got your, your scripture. And I want us just to read it together before I start and open up a few points on Psalm 23. Okay. You can, you can frame this. You can use it as a bookmark. You can stick it up on your fridge. I just think it's really pretty. It is pretty. Okay. So let's read it together. All right. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. It's beautiful. It's a very popular psalm, Psalm 23, and I'm sure you've all read it and heard it. And for me personally, I found great courage and great comfort in this psalm, especially with my journey. It's a beautiful example of trusting Jesus as our shepherd and a picture of his gentle and assuring leadership over us as we navigate life. It compares God's love for us to that of a shepherd's love and care for his sheep. And I know it can be quite a... a a foreign thing to try and understand, you know, we are his sheep and he is our shepherd. But, um, you know, God and, and Jesus is mentioned quite a few times from Genesis to Revelation as shepherd and the nation of Israel as his flock, as his sheep. And um, I'm just going to open this up for us. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I love it that it's my. David, who writes the psalm, says he is my shepherd. And he's boasting. It's like a boasting moment. If he's not shepherd to anyone else, he's a shepherd to me and he cares for me and he loves me. It's like I often think of little ones who boast about their moms and dads. Uh, my mommy, my mommy's the most beautiful mommy and my daddy's the strongest dad in the whole world. You know, it's that, that sort of boasting moment. Um, and just wanted to ask you tonight, who is your shepherd? Because we all led, we all led by, by somebody or something, right? So Psalm 23 is a picture of Jesus I'm going to break it up into three sections. I've got three points, but it's a picture of Jesus leading us in three different seasons in our lives. And, um, and I just want to 
open this up and see how we can apply it in our own life, in the different seasons. And so it's trusting our shepherd to lead us from green pastures through dark valleys to feasting with him. Those are the three sections. So the first one, trusting him in green pastures. And that's verse two and three. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores and refreshes my soul. I love it that the psalm starts off with this place of rest. I love that they use the words um, lie down and quiet and restore and refresh. And um, it's important for us to make time for that. In such a hectic, busy, crazy life, it's important for us to make this time, first and foremost, to rest in God, to be with Him. And that's, you know, it's not just having a quiet time and ticking that off our list. It's actually, but how are your times in being with God, even through the busyness of your day? Are you connecting with Him? Are you finding rest? Are you finding hope and joy and peace in Him? Are you, are you finding encouragement in His, in his word and His promises? Um, I, I try to think of an example of this, of being with God and resting, you know? And I just thought of, you know, for all of us, when we go home, we can kind of take our shoes off and lie on the couch and put our feet up, grab a cup of coffee. And for some of us, we can, you know, take the bras off even. It's like, woo, freedom. It's wonderful. You just relax. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Right. Didn't hear that. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. So just, I think it's just quite a cool picture. You know, this is being with God. This is our father. This is our friend. We can just be and be ourselves. And I love it. And um, I love it that it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. And ladies, if we're not going to make ourselves find rest, we're not going to make ourselves lie down, he's going to do that, okay? And at times, well, my story, I'm forced to lie down. I'm forced to lie down because of my back pain and because of the spasms and all of that. And I find relief lying flat on my back. And it is so incredibly frustrating for me. It's so frustrating because I just want to get stuff done and I just want to do, you know, I've got three busy boys. I'm leading church with my husband. Um, ministry is beautiful and I love it and I just want to go, you know, and there's been moments where it's been pretty bad and I just can't and I have to say no and I say no to a whole lot of stuff and, you know, I, I've got to lie down. And I felt God say to me, my girl, I'm going to change that place of frustration and lying down to a place of absolute joy because I'm going to speak to you and I'm going to tell you things that you probably wouldn't, you'd be too busy running around doing stuff that you wouldn't hear me. So, you know, don't regret those times. Uh, for me, that, that's my story, but whatever that looks like for you, actually. And I've had to make peace with that at times, you know. I've, I've had to look at the good in that, and there's been such good that's come in those times of having to be in my bed. Uh, I, I could get extra cuddles with my boys. I could be there for those conversations and just be present, more present with them. I could take time to really, really pray for people. So there's, there's always good, you know. And um, I've had to trust him, even in the lying down. Oh, gosh, yo, looking at time. Okay. He leads me beside quiet waters, and the world gets so loud. There's a thousand million voices shouting at us, and um, social media is just—it's just in your face all the time. And you know, my world with four boys is loud. Okay, there's a lot of testosterone going on. 
I've got four, five boys. I've got my husband, pilot, my dog, and who's male, and I've got my three boys. And it's loud. Sometimes there's shrieks of laughter, and it's crazy, and it's beautiful, and then it turns into shrieks of pain because the wrestling has gone too far. And it's just sometimes I'm like, ah, I just need peace and quiet. I can't. You know, right, Cherise? Hey, boys. And um, I'm sometimes forced to play the, let's do the, the quiet game. Do you ever play that? Let's see you can stay quiet the longest. And it lasts for about 10 seconds, and it's 10 seconds of bliss. <laughs> Doesn't last very long. But you get so desperate for just quiet. And, um, you know, in order to hear his voice, we need to turn down the volume of all those other voices so that we can tune in and hear what our Father is saying to us. He restores and refreshes my soul. God wants to restore your soul. He wants to restore hurt. He wants to restore brokenness. And before God leads us into the more, we have to find ourselves in this place of rest, in this place of peace. We're going to find wholeness. We're going to find healing in that place. It's beautiful. Okay, carrying on. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And um, in other versions, it talks about he guides me along the right paths. I like that. We have to trust him to lead us on the right paths to navigate life well, right? We are bombarded by so many options and so many choices that sometimes gets completely overwhelming. I know for me it does. It's like, which path, Lord, and which way? And I don't know, and I'm not, I don't know if I'm hearing you. It can get confusing and overwhelming. But I'm reminded of that scripture that says, your word is a lamp to my feet. And it's not a spotlight showing you the, the whole picture and the end picture. And it's, it's not like God gives you a blueprint of how to get there. I wish. I wish he would send me an email. I wish he would just write on my wall and tell me exactly how to do this, but he doesn't. And this is the journey of trust. It's a step by step, one step at a, one small step at a time, trusting him. Um, it's too easy to see the whole picture. It's too predictable, okay? So I wanna ask you, what is your next step? So what has God asked you to do? Maybe it's something small. Perhaps it's buying flowers for a friend or phoning your dad that you haven't spoken to in years or maybe it's joining a life group or a serving team. I don't know. What is your next step? We need to trust God with that next step. And, and it can be small, but just be obedient in that next step. This has been a big lesson for me and I'm still learning to trust him. Um, going back to my backstory, um, I've been to so many different specialists and doctors and therapists and it gets confusing. It's, you know, there's different conflicting diagnoses and, and conflicting advice, and there's been empty promises along the way. And um, it's confusing. It's a tough journey. But I've had to really tune into God. I've had to learn to trust that He does speak, and I've had to learn to trust that I hear Him, because that's another thing. God is speaking, but you've got to trust that you actually are hearing Him, ladies, and um, be confident in those decisions that you're making. Um, a part of being a perfectionist, which I struggle with a little bit, is um, you battle to make choices because you're so scared of making a mistake. And sometimes you feel a little bit paralyzed because you're just so scared of doing the wrong thing. And I came across this most amazing scripture. And it says, whether you turn to the left or right, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And I just love that. I just love it because as we step out, as we make decisions, as we take that small step, he will speak. And if we do make a wrong choice along the way, God will gently, he won't abandon us. 
he will gently lead us back, like the shepherd with his crook, he leads the, sh the sheep back onto the path. He will gently lead us back onto that path. And I just love that. I, I love that we don't have to be afraid of making mistakes, because I think that's always been a battle for me. It's just I'm scared to make a mistake, but actually we learn and we grow. And there's only one way to learn, right? We have to make mistakes. Um, so trust looks like something. It looks like it's an action word. It's a, it's a doing. It's a, you know, taking that step. Shepherds would often go ahead of the sheep and prepare the way for them. And so the Lord goes before us and knows the journey ahead. I love that, that the shepherds would often go ahead of the sheep and prepare the way. So our Lord does the same for us. He goes ahead of us. He's gone ahead of each and every single one of us. He's been, whatever path you're walking, he's been there and he knows. And I love Psalm 139, verse 5, in the Passion Translation. It's beautiful. It says, you've gone into my future to prepare the way, and in kindness you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. I just love that, that he actually he's, he goes ahead of us. He's behind us. He's right next to us. He's beside us. He's everywhere. And, um, yeah, what is your path, you know? He personally has walked them. Jesus, our shepherd, he knows, he knows everything that you're facing right now. Okay, so that was point number one. <laughs> um, in the green pastures and now trusting him in the dark valleys. And that's, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It's, for me, it's very interesting that this valley part is, is mentioned straight after he leads me along the right path. So sometimes God leads us in the dark valleys. And sometimes we, we like to blame the enemy. We do that a lot. And sometimes it is the enemy. I understand that. And sometimes we blame ourselves. And sometimes it is ourselves. But actually, ladies, sometimes God is leading us through a dark valley for our own good. He's right beside us. He's, he's leading us to teach us, to, to grow us, to mature us. And um, I love James 1, 2 to 4. It says, Consider it pure joy, my sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, and let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete and lack nothing. It's, it's a hard one to swallow, because no one likes difficulty and hard, dark valleys and um, confusing times and... and whatever that is for you. Um, but you know what God's more committed to? He's more committed to our character. He's more committed to our character than our comfort. And it's okay because he says, I will fear no evil for you are with me. His very precious promise to us is that he is with us and we don't need to be afraid. He is with us through that valley. As the shepherd leads the sheep, he is right by our side. He's in front of us. He's behind us. That's the greatest promise he's ever given us. I will be with you. It settles my heart. It brings such peace. Sometimes he throws us into things that are totally beyond us, and his answer is always the same. I will be with you. We can trust his nature. We can trust his character in times of difficulty and obscurity when we don't have all the answers. I can't explain why I'm not healed right now, but I do know that I'm on a journey, and I do know that it's a process of healing. I can't explain why there's no real clear diagnosis I don't always have the bigger picture, but that's okay. I trust my dad. I trust my father. I know that he's good, and his presence is my portion. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod for a shepherd is a, a form of um, 
uh, to uh, fight against the enemies, um, so for protection and also for, uh, to gently discipline the sheep. And we also have like a little rod in our house for my little sheepies. <laughs> and it's called, what's it called? Oh yes, it's called enough. Okay. Sometimes it goes missing, very mysteriously goes missing. Uh, <laughs> and anyway, then there's a staff and the staff is to guide and redirect, you know, with that hook redirects the sheep, little sheepy back, because they like to wander, like we all like to wander. Right, redirects you back onto that path. Okay, my last point. From green pastures, trusting him in green pastures, to trusting him in dark valleys, to trusting him and feasting with him. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I love this because Jesus is no longer shepherd but he assumes the role of host and we sit at his table as an honored guest and um, we enjoy this. It's actually just a picture of communion and fellowship with God. It's being in his presence. Um, sitting at Jesus' table as being, yeah, just enjoying him. In the, and, and sitting at his table in the presence of my enemies is making a public declaration to all those enemies that are still there that actually my God protects me and my God provides for me and he has everything I need, okay? And um, I want to ask you tonight, what, who are your enemies? Is it, is it guilt? Is it shame that you carry still, perhaps? Is it fear? fear of man or fear of the past or fear of failure. I know my enemy can be my mind sometimes and negativity and, you know, it can often lead to a bit of doubt at times, so that's, that's my enemy. But I, I want to ask you to even write that down. What, who is your enemy? Um, God doesn't chase them away. Instead, he just lets them, he disempowers them, but they're there and he invites us to just enjoy, enjoy his presence and delight in him. And that, that picture of anointing my head with oil and my cup overflowing is just the overflow of God's life and abundance and joy. And he wants to bless us. Like he wants to bless you. He wants to pour his life into you. And he wants you to, to, to do things from a place of overflow. You know, it's just a picture of the more. And um, he doesn't just want to give you what you need to get through, but to actually just enjoy life and to enjoy him. Um, yeah, an honored guest in those times was often they were anointed with oil and also a king that was going to be um, next in line was anointed with oil. So it's also a picture not only of God's favor, but of his authority and his anointing. And that's what God wants to do for us. He wants to give you his authority and his anointing. And David ends off, sorry, I know I'm going on quite long. I actually need to finish. Um, David ends off by saying, and surely... Your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He comes to this conclusion that actually, from green meadows to dark valleys to feasting with you, surely your goodness and your mercy is going to follow me. Not just follow me. That word follow means to hotly pursue, to chase after. That's what God wants for us. And as we let him lead us, ladies, through all these different things, that's what's going to follow us, his goodness. Surely his goodness and mercy is going to follow us. And it's every day, it's constant, it's continual. As surely as the sun rises in the morning, so his mercy's on you every single morning. His goodness and his mercy he wants to chase us down. And to dwell in the house of the Lord is 
like I said, is to be with him. And, that, and what, what counts at the end of the day is being with God. More than what he gives us is actually his very presence. It really is. I remember um, one of the guys at the conference in Doha, Tony Johnson, who had led quite a few churches in, in, in India, just an amazing man, beautiful man. And uh, he was sharing, he had a moment with God where he felt he was in quite a, a rough, hard time. And he felt God say, if you, ever, if you never do anything else for me, if you never plant a church, if you never lead another meeting, if you never preach or whatever, will just you being with me be enough for you? And I actually want to be at that place, you know, there's times where I'm lying down and I can't do anything, but actually I want to be in a place where just being with God, being in His presence, knowing Him, experiencing Him, knowing His love is enough. So sorry, I know I have gone on a little bit longer, but just to conclude, uh, just... Yeah, I really did feel this word for us tonight, that God wants to bring us to a deeper level of trusting Him, you know, and whatever season you're in, whether it's, it's good or bad, but trusting Him in a good season is also hard to do because you can easily do it yourself. But are you, are you trusting Him? Are you resting in Him? Are you finding that quiet space in those moments to be with Him? Do you have His peace? And are you trusting Him? I don't know what your dark valleys are, I'm not sure, I don't know, maybe it's sickness, maybe it's depression, maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's broken relationships or it's a marriage that you're really, really battling and you're knocking heads. I don't know what that dark valley is, but I want you to know that we have a shepherd king who is with us all the way and he wants to lead you through. You're not gonna stay in that valley, he wants to lead you through that valley. And are you allowing his goodness? Do you understand that he wants to bless you? And he wants you to work from the place of overflow and live and, and be under this incredible blessing and favor of his. So I'm just going to, I'm going to call the band. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I know we've gone on a little bit longer. Um, I'm just going to pray for us. Can I ask us to stand? I'm just going to pray for us tonight. Let me just thank you for your word. We thank you for this beautiful psalm, Lord. We thank you for worship tonight. We thank you for fellowship and, and time with friends, and we thank you that you are in everything, Lord, from the worship to the coffee connecting, and even in this word that I've shared, Lord, I, I trust that you have opened up our hearts, Lord, and you've, you've caught our attention again, Father God. And Father, I just want to lift up these precious, precious ladies to you, Lord. I really do pray, Father, that if there's any been any hurt in the past and been rejected or um, where trust has, has been an issue, Lord, and where their trust has been broken, Father God. I pray, Father, that they would put their trust ultimately in you, Lord Jesus, and to a God who never change, changes, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you are faithful to your promises, and you keep your promises, Lord. Thank you, Father. And I, I just pray, even if there's ladies here who have and had past hurt and rejection, Lord, that they would really lean into trusting in you, Shepherd King, our Shepherd King, trusting you, Lord. I pray for ladies that might be experiencing perhaps anxiety or depression or relational tension, Father God. And whatever that dark valley is, whether it's sickness or pain or emotional pain, Father God, I just pray that, Lord Jesus, they would know your very presence and that you would walk them through, Lord, that you would walk them through the valley, Lord. Thank you that you want us to go through the valley, not to stay there, Father God, 
Thank you, Jesus, that you are our beautiful shepherd who leads us and who is with us. And I just pray also lastly that ladies would really feel your pleasure and that they would know what it is to have their heads anointed with oil and their cup overflows in every area of their life, Lord. And where maybe they haven't felt your pleasure, Lord, where they've been striving and they've been working hard and, and they haven't enjoyed life, Father God, I pray that they would find joy in you, Lord Jesus. You are the lover of our souls. We are your beloved, and you are our faithful shepherd king. We love you. We love you, Father, in your precious name. Amen.